Hello, and welcome to the Law and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Elmunzer, attorney and entrepreneur on a mission to legally empower you to protect your business so you can confidently grow it. Quick disclaimer here, although I am an attorney, I am not your attorney. Anything on this podcast is simply for informational and educational purposes. If you have a specific question about your legal situation, please contact a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Law and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Allie L. Munzer. Happy to be here with you today. Um, Today, I am talking about kind of a hot topic that's been going on in the entrepreneurial industry, and that is about coaching. Um, A couple of you guys have actually asked me about my thoughts on this, and so I love when you do that because it really gives me kind of um, an idea of what's going on in your mind and and what you want to hear about it. So please don't hesitate if you think something is, you know, a great topic for the show or that you want an answer to and you know, I feel like it takes longer than a a DM message back, then it's a great topic for the show. So I appreciate your input. So I want to start with a disclaimer by saying that I have nothing against coaches. I think it's great. I think it's an awesome industry. I love that it's given so many people opportunities to share their expertise and knowledge. I have worked with coaches myself in the past, and I actually just, you know, applied to work with another coach, and then I offer coaching myself, right? Um, And and this is where we kind of get into the ethics of coaching, and I'm going to go through a few things and maybe why they're problematic, how if you are a coach, you can address these things with your clients, and if you are a potential client looking for a coach, how you can kind of avoid, you know, maybe working with someone that's not super ethical or maybe doesn't realize that they're not ethical. I don't think it's all bad. I don't think all coaches are bad. I think most are good. Um, I think there's just kind of this wild west, you know, feeling in the industry. And so, um, yeah, I think that the initial problem to go into the first thing is that there's no board or body to govern coaches, right? So it's interesting because we always say that attorneys were the original business coach, right? If you, before business coaching was a thing, if you were starting or growing a business, you would go to your attorney, right? And you'd be like, help me with this. What do I need to do? You know, what is kind of, you know, needed and, and what legal implications will doing this have, etc. Um, but the the thing with that that's different and the thing that I feel like with me being an attorney is that we are bound by a board of ethics. There is a board that if we do something wrong, we can be reported to, right? So it, it keeps people and a lot of people are like, oh, we don't need that. We do need that. I believe we do need that because it, it you can't just do whatever you want and expect no repercussions. And that's kind of how the coaching industry is now. People say and do whatever the heck they want and even if a client has a bad experience, they can never be reported to anyone. Who are you going to report them to? Like the coaching police? Like, no, there's no licensing board. And it's interesting because I also have talked to some therapists that have their own practices. And like attorneys, you have to be licensed in the state that you're practicing in, right? So you can't just go out like some of these coaches are and just coach anyone anywhere, you know, on 
you know, different things. So there's no board to govern coaching. And now whether you think this is good or bad, you just need to be aware of it, right? I do think some regulation around coaching is coming. And why that is, is because when the government sees an industry that starts to make a lot of money and it's really growing, they're going to start to want to put regulation around it. Whether for for better or worse, that's just usually what happens. So you'll be in a better position if you are a coach, if you're already following, you know, some some guidelines and holding yourself to a high standard. So um, what I see in the coaching industry that that can be a, a problem is outrageous pricing for what you're delivering. Now, I do not shame anyone, and I follow a lot of coaches that charge a ridiculous amount of money. Um, if you are getting the results for the clients that you promise and you're doing that consistently and you have a system to do it, then by all means, charge what you think you are worth. I am not about women, especially undercharging and undervaluing themselves. No man charge what you are worth. But what I do see a lot of is people over promising, right? Charging these ridiculous amounts of money. And then when the client fails, you know they what they come back with? You didn't do the work. Your mindset. Oh, that's such a big one. Your mindset is wrong. And so you're the you're the client. You're like, uh, how am I gonna argue that like my mindset is wrong? Or you're like, oh, I came to you for help with the mindset. But but there's no recourse, right? There's there's no one you can report them to. I mean, you can post on social media like, oh, it wasn't successful, but you know, you pay these outrageous prices and you're really not sure what you're getting. For example, in the legal industry, we are required to show, you know, what we did to charge those fees, right? So when some, when I charge my trademark fees, I show, I do a search, I create a report, I pay for that report, I analyze it. My hours go into writing you a letter about that report. I'll create your descriptions. I do your specimens. I put, fill your, right? So you're seeing where this money is going. A lot of coaches are like, oh, we're going to have like six, 60 minute Zoom calls. And you're like, okay. And you charge this much, but there's no really accountability to what you're getting. So you just want to, if you're a coach, you know, make sure that, that what you're promising, and we'll kind of get into that later, but what you're promising, you're delivering, um, and then, of course, the market dictates the pricing, right? So if a lot of clients are paying that amount of money to work with you, then, then more power to you. So the second thing I see a ton of, and I just had a discussion with someone about it because they were so misled, is that people, and the biggest thing I see it around is launches. So people will be like, oh, I just had a $700,000 launch. And everyone's like, oh, awesome, you know, how'd you do that? Oh, join my program or hire me for coaching. I'm gonna show you how I did this. And then what you end up seeing, and the reason I know this is because someone worked behind the business with this person that was claiming to make a ridiculous amount of money. And it turned out that that person was saying they made $700,000 after their expenses and paying out their affiliates and their Facebook ads they made like a hundred grand, which my goodness is nothing to sneeze at. Like that's amazing. A hundred grand on a launch. Awesome. But you can't go out there and say that you made 700 grand unless you're being transparent with your expenses involved in that. And furthermore, I've actually worked with a coach who has really great launches, but what I didn't realize going into to her program, and this was on me as the client, was how much time and effort went into those launches, right? So it was it was above and beyond what I had actually thought. Um, 
And so that was on me to do more research and it was still great process to learn. But, you know, is it unethical for people to be like, oh, I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to do how to launch like I do without being like, yeah, and it's going to be your full time job 40 hours a week for six weeks before your launch. Right. So I think that we just need to have more transparency in the coaching um, industry. So, um, you know, what you can do if you're a coach to make sure that you are being ethical, upstanding individual is to when you post reviews, success stories. You want to make sure that if you're talking about money, you have an income disclosure. So, so before we get there, if you're posting, you want to have an affiliate disclosure and that's saying, you know, these results are not typical, right? Someone may say that they had awesome success with you. You want to point out that, you know, they worked hard, but these results are not typical. That's why those weight loss companies always have to say, you know, when someone's like, I lost 50 pounds in a week, they're like, results not typical, right? To, to, to protect themselves. And so coaches, I want you to do that to protect yourselves. Also, if you say I made $700,000 on a launch, you again want to have an di- income disclosure saying that this, you can't promise this income to anyone that hires you, right? Um, you got those results, but you can't promise anyone else will get those results as well. So you want to make sure you have affiliate disclosures, income disclosures. Um, I also think that you should be transparent if you're saying that you had a $700,000 launch, but after your expenses, it was a $100,000 launch, then say that. Um, I think misleading people into thinking that, you know, they can come in and make 700,000 without any expenses. And most of us know you can't do that, but it's misleading, right? Or disclose like, Hey, I, if you come into this program, I use Facebook ads and I spent $50,000 a month for six months leading up to my launch. So if you're not prepared to do that, then maybe this isn't the coaching program for you, right? That's an extreme example, but you get where I'm going with that. So share your honest results. It, it's just like good karma in the universe, right? You'll get people that want to work with you because you are honest and you know, they, they see themselves in you and they want to be like you. So don't screw them over, you know, just be honest. No one's going to think less of you because you had a smaller launch than you're like touting online. It's just, that's annoying. So, um, of course lead with ethics, serve your audience, you know, like serve with integrity. Don't make promises you can't keep. Don't promise that they can have a $1.2 million launch working, 20 minutes a day if you can't deliver on that, right? So I know I know we all know this, but in this industry, and it's a lot of bro culture I see it around, um, less, you know, I see women doing it, but it's just a lot of like, look how good I am, look how much money I make, you know, just like spouting all this stuff just to get people to hire them and then they can't deliver on it. Like, we don't want to be like that. Let's change the industry. Let's make it better. Um, and then of course, use a legitimate contract, a contract that you know the source of. So whether it's my legal template shop, or you had an attorney custom draft it for you, use a contract that you know where it came from. I see people all the time and I say, where did your contract come from? Because they're in a dispute, um, a lot of refund disputes because maybe they're not delivering on what they promised. So this is all circling back, coming full circle here, but they say, oh, I got it from my coach. And I say, okay, awesome. So your coach provided you a template that they had an attorney draft for you because likely if they bought it and then let you use it, that 
you know, if they bought it from like a shop, um, they probably don't have a license to let you use it. So you'd be infringing on, on copyright, but that's another story. So, so I'll say, okay, so they had an attorney draft this and then they provided it to you in the program and the client, my client will say, no, I just, they use that contract with me. So I just edited it and turned around and used it with my clients. And I'll say, okay, so where did their contract come from? They'll be like, oh, I don't know. Right. So, so why would you use a contract that you don't know where it came from? Like that will give, give me nightmares at night. I mean, come on, you got to know where your contract is. This is the thing that's legally binding you. So, um, invest in a contract, pay for one, make sure you are protected, right? You're a coach. You're charging people money to work with them. Set the example, set the bar high that we're a legitimate business and we use contracts to protect our business. Okay. So what to do, what to do if you are a potential client looking to work with a coach, like what should you do? So I think you should ask specific questions. I always think that when you're hiring a coach, you should interview them as much as they're interviewing you, right? Like a lot of coaches will do a call to see if you're a good fit for them, but you're seeing if they're a good fit for you, right? And so you want to ask them these questions. What was your ad spend? What was the time requirement? Um, do you have a team that helped you with these things? Did you do stuff on your own? Like ask them those questions and expect transparency. If they're not willing to be transparent, you know, with you right off the jump, then they're probably not the coach for you, right? They wouldn't be the coach for me if they're trying to hide things or they're trying to say, oh, we'll talk about that on the inside. Like, no, I need to know before I get inside. Um, then reach out to people that they feature as testimonials on their website, right? So if you see someone, um, you know, posted a great review on their website, reach out to that person. I've done this before with um, a course and it wasn't, and I reached out to the person that gave the testimonial and they were like, yeah, this course was awesome. Where are you in your business? And I kind of explained where I were was, and they were like, you know what? I took this when I first started my business. You're above, you know, you're past that phase. So this may not be the best course for you, right? So, so that gave me an understanding. It was nothing with the coach, but it gave me an understanding of, okay, like I'm not a fit for this program right now. I'm past that point. So I can go look for another coach that will better serve my needs. Um, review their messaging. Like what is this coach's messaging on the website? Is it very like trying to convince you that in four minutes you can sell a ton of stuff or is it, is it believable? You know, like you want it to be believable. You want to connect with it. Um, there's a lot of copy that can be misleading. Make sure that you, you read through it thoroughly, you know? Um, and then reputation. Here's the thing I see all the time. I see people that these coaches are on pedestals, right? And they just have this big reputation and they're making all this money and buying Ferraris and have the mansion and retired the husband and blah, blah, blah. Well, behind the scenes, and I see it because they come to me, their business is a mess, a total mess. So don't judge by reputation alone. Honestly, one of the best coaches I had had a, a, a small following, like in the low thousands. She was the best coach I ever experienced, you know? So like, I, I don't think that just hiring someone because they have 30,000 followers or more is the way to go. Make sure that, um, you know, they, their reputation doesn't, you know, actually 
make them not as good as you might think, you know, make sure it's not all smoke and mirrors. But I think, you know, using our intuition that we have a good sense with people, but just make sure you you hone into that. I think sometimes it's awesome to be like, oh, so-and-so, this big famous person is my coach and they're going to repost me on their Instagram one time, even though they don't follow me. And well, that's a whole nother story. But Anyway, and then of course, make sure they have a thorough contract. If someone comes to you, oh my gosh, if they come to you and say, I don't do contracts, you should run. Like turn around and run out the door and never speak to them again. No, you don't have to be that dramatic, but if someone tries to use not using as a, a contract as a selling point, that's a red flag. And I don't know how many times I have to say this to people, but please, 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 please. Even if you have to provide the contract to them, have a contract in place, okay? So we need more good coaches elevating the industry and we need more discerning clients that look beyond social media stats and big money numbers and actually look inside ourselves and figure out what we need from our coaches. So rant over, those are my thoughts on ethics in the coaching business. Um, again, I will reiterate, I think coaching is so important in growing your business. It's been integral to me growing to my business, six figures and beyond. And I think that it's important for you as well. Um, so definitely if you're a coach, keep you know being the ethical kind, keep the standards up. If you are looking for a coach, then definitely do your research before um, hiring a coach. And if you want to work with me, I do offer coaching. Of course, I am bound by the ethics of being an attorney. Um, but if you want to discuss more, I would love to talk to you about, you know, setting up a strategy session. So go ahead and head to my website, influencerlegal.co and set up a call with me. Um, I can't wait to work with you. So thanks guys. Thanks for listening. I hope to meet you again on another episode. Have an awesome day, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Law and Business Podcast. If you want to learn more about Influencer Legal or how we can work together, please visit the website influencerlegal.co. From there, you can book a free 15-minute call or shop the contract templates. If you are looking for more information or want a place to ask questions about law and business, join the Facebook group, Ask Attorney Allie. Looking forward to seeing you in there.